This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. I sometimes get asked why I don't bring you good news stories. Well, take this one as a good news story. We're now more than a month after Fiducia Supplicans was issued, and the Vatican is perplexed at the persistent resistance. In fact, there are now many historians who are pointing out that the resistance that we are now seeing to this blessings decree might be the deepest division in the church and the most widespread resistance to a papal act in history. It certainly ranks high among the list of various things that have been rejected by bishops' conferences over the decades, in fact, over the centuries and the millennia as we dive deeper into the story. This resistance isn't going anywhere. In some ways, it's growing as more people are seeing different aspects of this come to light. Case in point, it has been revealed that when you read Fiducia Supplicans in any language other than English, the blessing decree in there is much clearer, that it is much, much clearer that the decree is meant to give blessings to the couples in question as couples, as opposed to the English language, which you can tell what they mean, but it's much more ambiguous. It's almost as if they're trying to hide it. Combined with more revelations coming about Cardinal Fernandez and his own background of writing and his heretical thinking, resistance is growing. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. And this has caused some concern, of course, in the Vatican. Imagine my shock. But also has come across as being one of the most important periods in church history. Although it is worth noting here that at any time there's a crisis, people tend to overestimate the crisis that they experience themselves in the grand history of things. So bear that in mind. Let's not be too focused on our own time in history. But let's remember something. This is almost unprecedented, what we're seeing now. And the at least the scholars in the church seem to back us up on this. So from headline from the National Catholic Register. Marking one month of fiducia supplicants, opposition shows no signs of abating. Criticism of the document that authorized the blessings of double S couples is seen as unprecedented by some church historians. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So the resi resistance to the document is open and organized. It's part of the reason it's unprecedented. Now, we've seen modernists compare this to Humanae Vitae, which is normally a very dumb thing to compare it to, so let's just get this comparison clear. Humanae Vitae, issued by Pope Paul VI, upheld the Church's teaching on activities suitable to the married state and their purpose, even if there are flaws with the document. It still, at least, was intended to uphold that teaching. Mostly, the bishops silently resisted the document, telling their priests to quietly let couples use what is banned in that document. One bishop's conference, to my knowledge, issued a public rejection of it. That's the famous Winnipeg statement from the Canadian bishops, which basically rejects Humanae Vitae. A heretic priest in the United States named Father Curran at Catholic University of America managed to get several scholars to sign a statement rejecting the document, and he issued it hours after the document was, was issued. Most of the debate was a media debate, 
while Catholics quietly dissented from the teachings of Humanae Vitae, aided on by their priests who quietly told them to follow their conscience. What has happened with fiducia supplicants is clearly different. It is bishops and cardinals who lead the resistance to a document that clearly departs from the actual teachings of the faith, including high-profile, all, virtually all of the high-profile bishops and cardinals who have criticized Francis's past statements step forward on this one, and a lot of bishops who have remained silent on other issues with this papacy have actually stepped forward and said no to the document. This is more widespread than any of those things. But let's get to the article here. Quote, One month after the Vatican released fiducia supplicants allowing the blessing of double S couples, the backlash the document triggered shows no signs of diminishing. The criticism has been so pointed and widespread, in fact, some historians say that never before has a papal document provoked such opposition and confusion, leaving many observers to wonder how the fallout can be resolved. The existence of a sharp contrast between bishops and cardinals within the church is now a reality that cannot be denied, church historian Roberto de Mattei told the Register. Pope Francis, he believes, quote, is provoking a deeper crisis than all the previous ones, not only because of the breadth of opposition, but also because of the fact that it comes from those peripheries that Pope Francis has indicated as the authentic expression of the church. Approved by Pope Francis and published shortly before Christmas on December 18th, the declaration specifically allows for the first time non-liturgical blessings of double S couples and others in, quote, irregular relationships. The Vatican described its publication as an innovative step, broadening the meaning of blessings while at the same time remaining firm on the traditional doctrine of the church about marriage, end quote. I've spoken a lot about how doctors of the church have warned us to reject anything from anybody in the hierarchy, regardless of the office they hold, if they start promoting innovations. And here the Vatican is admitting this is an innovative statement. I've spoken at length about that before. Now, the article summarizes things we know well. Who supports the document? You know, Sister Jeanine Gramic, Father James Martin, various, some bishops' conferences overwhelmingly supported it, as well as who opposes it? African bishops, not the entire Polish bishops' conference, but a couple of uh, high-profile Polish bishops there. You get the idea. You know the story as it is. We've also seen a lot of bishops come out of the woodwork who have not said anything about these errors before, step forward and publicly reject these errors been refreshing to see some step up in a time of crisis for real to demonstrate real leadership at a time when we desperately need it this is turning into a persistent form of resistance it's been six weeks at this point or pretty close to it and you know traditionis custodis was something we talked about for months afterwards but we it mostly was in the was in the context of various dioceses showing how they were going to implement the document, and a couple bishops occasionally releasing a letter. It was nothing like what we see here with fiducia supplicants. We are seeing here are enough bishops who recognize that the tradition of the church and sacred scripture are unequivocal about the sin in question, and the laity are, are recognizing that at least in some quarters. What the document is showing really is the is the divide in the church the de facto schism that has existed for a very long time, something that we need to take very seriously as Catholics and something that we need to pray for a resolution to. Hence why Bishop Athanasius Schneider issued his Prayer for Holy Popes, which I have put on my website at returntotradition.org in a pre in the show notes for a weekend live stream. Let me know if I need to post that again in today's show notes. But here's the nature of this. And where this place is in the history of the church. Because here we hear we are now hearing from scholars on this internal division on fiducia supplicants. So back to the article. Quote, 
A clear characteristic running through the document, said Professor Roberto de Mattei, is modernism that, quote, affirms fidelity to the church's magisterium while unscrupulous intellectual acrobats, it overturns it. Africa, he pointed out, is experiencing the greatest growth of baptized Catholics and, quoting Cardinal Robert Seurat, he said the bishops of Africa are, quote, the heralds of divine truth in the face of the power and wealth of some episcopus of the West, who, quote, believe themselves to be evolved, modern, and wise in the wisdom of the world. De Matei also said the gravity of the revolt is heightened because it follows Francis's wish to, quote, democratize the church through synodality, giving bishops, quote, a higher authority than the Roman one. Asked by the Register of the Reaction to Fiducia's Supplicants as unprecedented in church history, Cardinal Walter Brandmuller, President Emeritus of the Pontifical, Pontifical Academy for Historic Sciences, did not give a definitive answer and required... It recalled that during the 4th century Arian crisis, quote, almost all Byzantine bishops were heretics. But De Matei was more certain. He acknowledges that previous schisms, divisions, and clashes, both doctrinal and pastoral in nature, have existed even in recent times. As examples, he said bishops split into two groups during the French Revolution. There was the Petite Ecclesi schism in 1801 during Pius VII's reign, and in 1871, the Schismatic Church of Old Catholics formed. He also noted divisions during the Second Vatican Council and over Humanae Vitae in 1968, when cardinals and bishops led an open revolt against the papal encyclical that upheld the Church's teaching on the barriers to being fruitful and multiplying. In those cases, he explained, the positions were, quote, reversed, and the dissent was led by the, quote, liberal wing of the episcopate. This crisis, however, is deeper than all those that have gone before it, according to De Matei. Professor John Rao, a church historian and director of the Roman Forum, which was founded by Dietrich von Hildebrand in 1968, similarly cited other examples of revolts against papal acts, either when a pope was doing his duty, unaware of the nature of a problem, or tormented like Pope Vigilius over the three-chapter controversy in the 6th century that led to the three-chapter schism. But he said none of these examples are, quote, like this disaster, adding that they were all, quote, totally different. Veteran anti-Moloch campaigner Dr. Thomas Ward, president of the John Paul II Academy for Human Life and the Family, sees some similarities between this affair and the descent from Humanae Vitae, but he said that, unlike with that encyclical, the Fiducia Supplicants, quote, you have Rome undermining its own teaching because he believes it is a document of modernism containing both heresy and truth, end quote. In other words, this resistance is potentially more strident and more persistent than anything we've seen before, because those who resist are the ones on the side of Catholic orthodoxy, and those promoting error are the ones in positions of power. That's what this is here. The closest we have to this is the Arian crisis of the 4th century, which this papacy, or alleged papacy, has been compared to many times in the past. St. Athanasius said during the 4th century, during that crisis, that, to paraphrase him, that the essentially the enemies of the church have the buildings, they have the properties, but that we who resist have the faith. It may sound a little self-congratulatory to some people, but if you are on the side of the timeless teachings of the church on this issue, resisting those in positions of power no matter what office they allegedly hold, then you are on the side of the faith. The faith must remain unchanged. After all, Jesus said it's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. The faith is unchanging. And as St. Vincent of Larence said in a book that I spent 18 months going over on this channel, to resist innovations in the church, regardless of who in the hierarchy promotes them. That's where we are today, folks. The point of having to resist innovations in the faith. 
And unfortunately, these innovations are in the form of the promotion of sins that cry out to heaven for justice, according to sacred scripture. I'm curious what you have to say about this. What do you think? Do you think this is the most pronounced crisis in the church? Or are we seeing this through a sort of a bias towards our own experiences in our own time, a sort of a relativistic bias that it's really up to future generations once this, once this is resolved to declare what we're going through as part of the bigger problem? Or perhaps that this fiducia supplicants problem is part of a much larger problem that has been persisting for decades in the church and that this is just a logical next step in that crisis. That tends to be where I'm at, but I'm curious what you have to say. So let me know in the comments, please, and hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.